Welcome to The Loop Podcast, the podcast that deep dives what works today when it comes to marketing to the modern buyer. And today we're doing something a little bit different. We're pulling back the curtain on our recent strategy changes in marketing and how we've decided to optimize our processes for improved pipeline and efficient growth. So I'm going to set the scene a little bit, but before I do that, let me introduce Liam, um, who's our VP of Marketing here at Cognizant, and you're probably very familiar with him. Hey, hi everyone, how are you doing? So today you've got me and Liam, um, so it's an internal uh, focus podcast and we're really going to deep dive like um, a bit of a shift that we made at the start of this year um, based on some of the results and um, looking, well, also the economic climate that we're facing. Um, and yeah, I'm going to set the scene first into like why we did this and how we ended 24 and then Liam will kind of come in and bring a lot of light to the picture um, and give some deep dive, some real examples in terms of things that we did and Hopefully you can take away some ideas for yourself. So um, to set the scene, I think last year for Cognizant was the year of like growth at all costs. We had massive targets to hit. We had um, to massively ramp spend pretty quickly. And then alongside that, like the revenue targets, and the pipeline targets followed. Um, and so we weren't so worried about efficiency. We were just really focused on let's hit the number um and hit the number we did like if when we look at our charts across both all of the quarters of last year and then also all of the months of last year revenue is that wonderful upward trend um that you like to see and also our declared intent demo requests have just continued to rise and shoot through the roof and these were proof points to us that this is amazing great like our um you know our demand creation strategy is really working we're able to ramp we're able to hit these um, really aggressive targets, fab. Um, then the end of year hit and we had some sort of board slides and board review calls and um, strategy meetings. And obviously the economy also shifted gears quite substantially. And I guess the questions that were being asked in marketing, it wasn't, you know, oh, you did a bad job, you hit all your targets. It was like, cool that you hit your targets, but what kind of companies and what kind of businesses were you bringing in? Are they the type that stay around? And actually what we found when we were sort of deep diving those metrics were that the majority of the business that the marketing um, channel was delivering had fairly low retention rates. Um, and they were what we call sort of this velocity type business. Um, and so while we were able to, to hit our number on them, when we look at things from like an efficient growth and, um, yeah, I guess ROI to the business over years to come, they could be better is how I would summarize it. Um, and so that became like the big onus on us as a marketing org going into this year was like, okay, can we replicate our success in terms of revenue growth and, you know, declared intent demo requests, but can we actually change the makeup of what those companies look like? Can we be bringing in the types of businesses that do stay around for longer and that give us higher ACVs that retain better um, and that are ultimately just like good for our business? And what does like good for the business mean? Well, we set like a very clear benchmark that we want to be aiming for LTV to CAC ratio of three to one. And so anything that any segment or any area that's sort of underperforming that has got work to do, essentially. Um, and so, yeah, that was the I guess that was like the scene setting. So going into this year, I guess what I said to Liam, what I said to the team was, you know, not, not only are we going to have to hit our targets this year, 
and thankfully like our targets are sort of more stable um they're more measured they're very realistic but we need to be hitting those targets with a better proportion of that revenue and pipeline coming from these better customers um so yeah that's the scene so what next liam what what did you do when i gave you that incentive yeah so i suppose first we had to and we'd start doing this um last year but we we uh had to sort of figure out what like those good customers look like um like you said it was like that cact ltv of of um of three or above um but we had to like figure out i suppose in the what and create customer segments as to sort of define what was a great customer to us and what currently was a customer that maybe didn't stay around for as long and and although maybe generates revenue you know we weren't obviously the best for them either um so we did that by uh breaking down um really loads of different facets of like elements of that customer like uh looking at loads of different data points but actually like the key one to us was we found a very key factor was the size of the sales team um so the bigger the sales team on average then the higher the acv and the also better retention um that we had uh with those customers so then we came up with these different customer segments which is so growth vip having 19 or above uh sales reps and then lower growth 2 to 19 um and then automate or velocity which is uh, less than two sales reps so now that we had that information we knew that we could sort of start to work out a way of of targeting those people across the channels um that we that we work on um so what we wanted to do then is find out how we could bring in the better companies those uh vip growth plus the accounts that we're already really good for and then also how we could work out how those automate customers we don't want to just push people away like you know we obviously have a um a product that you know those customers are looking for as well but we need to work out how we can be like great business for them as well um so then we need to think about how we do that across the channels that we're already in and using um so that's like audience targeting channels so on linkedin and facebook how are we gonna you know reach more of the the right customers and then in um intent channels how we're going to you know create more pipeline that that works for us and actually converts and, and stays around and then also how we can change our business model and like uh and the product to um help be it be better for automate customers as well so like that's like based on price and and also on retention strategies so and I think this yeah. is like really important lesson for all marketers out there because um, it was interesting, like when I was in these sessions with the board and, and investors and like other execs is that they sort of, you know, it, it was like, oh, well, you probably can't, there's not much you can do, is there, about like the channels where they're not, where, where you can't target the audience, where it's intent-based. And I thought about it and I was like, there's always something you can do. Like um, there's always things that we can optimize for and like ways in which we can I guess create our own destiny to a certain extent so I get you just don't take like the easy out almost is what I'm saying and I think for me I was very aware that if I wanted marketing to be considered like absolutely crucial to business growth and good business growth then I would crack like the codes on all of these so what came next was like breaking down the different types of channels and the different possibilities for what we could change up in our targeting and our focus in order to actually get like much 
better types of businesses in. And I would say as well, we're still like, this is still work in progress. A lot like last year when we were shifting from lead gen to demand gen, we were building that playbook. I'd say we've really got that playbook now, but this whole moving up market um, approach to different channels, we're still very much like building it out, but we're going to give you key insights into what's working like as of today, um, as we go through. So maybe we'll take a channel, channel by channel for now, Liam. Um, and you can give our listeners like an insight into yeah how we approached it. So first of all, and probably one that's quite unexpected, how did we crack the Facebook code? Yeah, so um, I have to say, we have to give a big shout out to Chambuk because yeah. <laughs> he really cracked this and he did a, he actually did an amazing LinkedIn post. Um, and if you don't, haven't listened to Chambuk on the podcast before or uh, you don't follow him, I, I'd follow him because he gives amazing insights to all the experimentation he does. And that he's got a great post on this exact um, Facebook code cracking that, that he did for us, which breaks it all down um, in writing if you're more of a, a, a visual learner. Um, but I spent, essentially, the problem we've always had with Facebook is that obviously you have to match the data from, like for us, from metadata we use and also from Cognizant. Um, and due to small audience sizes, um, you end up reaching very high frequencies quite quickly. Um, and uh, you, but it's difficult to reach your entire audience um, at that same time. So you get high frequencies and not um, a complete amount of, of reach. Um, and as we like tightened the audience to be better fitting for um, like the the growth and VIP customers, that that situation only got like slightly worse. So it's like we we are like end up having extremely high frequencies on all of our audiences and not being able to to reach them all at the same time. Um, so Chambert's theory here was potentially what we should do is if we switch the objective to reach, uh, switch the objective from reach to conversion, um, where it would just aim to uh, get, uh, run those frequencies into all the highest sort of converting customers that will, will come through um, and convert on your website or um, or in any like, or in any conversion rule that you set up, that we would actually see, uh, one, we would have our frequencies would drop and uh, we would actually generate more pipeline from, from Facebook as a whole. Um, and what we actually found in during that time uh, after them was that the, although the um, Facebook pipeline originally decreased um, by 50, 50%, the overall pipeline um, got more efficient. Um, but then after time, and as the algorithm started to work its magic, we found that uh, our, with a, a, an, an eventual 5% increase in Facebook budget, that we saw a 500% increase in Facebook pipeline. Um, so what was actually happening here is that Facebook was now no longer just serving uh, as ads across to our entire um, audience of, that we were giving it um, as much as possible um, and just hitting the same people over and over again that were, were consuming the ads. It was now serving those ads to people who were most likely to come forward and, and convert at some point. Um, and we just see, seen like an absolute uh, rocket change in pipeline, um, which was like amazing. Um, and it's actually enabled us at the beginning where we thought we were going to have to decrease our budget because our audience got smaller has enabled us to um, increase our budget instead. Um, and importantly, we overlapped uh, not only with metadata audiences, we overlapped uh, those audience with matched audiences from Cognizant, which helped us to expand our audience even 
wider, but also remaining targeted. Um, so I uh, can vouch fully that Cognizant and Metastasis together are a, a great partnership. Yeah, I think that's really important. Like you put, you, you don't expect to get these results if you're using like Facebook's own targeting. You are, unfortunately, if you want to use Facebook and invest in it, going to have to um, invest in some better audience targeting tools, which will you can then plug into Facebook. Um, if this is from a B2B context, obviously, um, and, and definitely more so if you're going up into enterprise as well. So we have done all of the tests using Facebook native targeting, and this is definitely um, the way forward. So uh explore those options if it's something that you're looking to expand is what i would say um okay fab so that was that was facebook and then i guess linkedin so linkedin's probably more expected and i think what we can say safely now going going into uh, what are we nearly ending q2 of 2023 is that we have been able to increase our growth plus pipeline pretty consistently quarter over quarter since we've been taking this approach to LinkedIn. Um, so yeah, I'll let you kind of uh, deep dive like the, the, the way in which we've been approaching our advertising on LinkedIn and our audiences in order for us to actually to get those types of results. Yeah, so we wanted to uh, refine um, our audiences on LinkedIn to be able to target those Growth Plus accounts. Um, and therefore like, and by refining the audiences, like increase impression share in the uh, in those accounts that are more valuable to us, um, so we like a, we pop up more often for them, um, and we can influence them uh, to to you know come check out Cognizant and like read our content and watch our content. Um, so I like this as well. Again, for from Chanbeck, he said that Silvio Perez said to positive keywords give you visibility and exclusions give you focus. Um, so in this instance, obviously he's talking about like Google ads, but it's the same, I suppose, in when you're looking at your audience on LinkedIn, that actually we can tighten and focus our audience via exclusions rather than trying to expand it any further or using more like rule in, rule out, or oh, we think these are the best um, companies and these are the worst. So to do that, we had to create a process of identifying exclusions. So we did this based on industry, job title, company. So Chambuk and the paid team were working through each of uh, all of our audience all the time and looking at those impression shares and finding or like where if we were hitting um, companies or industries that we know, we just know that Cognizant can't sell to. So like us, that's like B2C or um, for companies that may be looking for like sole traders or individuals, we know that those companies are uh, won't be able to see value in Cognizant. So we could start removing those and, and tightening up the audience. We also would be able to take our rule that, you know, we're looking for come for growth plus, we're looking for those bigger sales teams. Um, so we were able to go through uh, manually um, a huge list actually. Um, and we went through this list from Cognizant and found all of the, the companies with less than four sales reps. And we were uploaded this list into LinkedIn to create a matched audience and then excluded it from excluded it from our uh, LinkedIn audiences. So this meant that we were only targeting those uh, larger, com those Growth Plus accounts with with a, with a bigger sales team. Um, and then we adjusted our definition of like enterprise as well. So uh, previously we, our enterprise had been like definition being anything above um, 500 uh, in employee share, in employee um, account, sorry. And then, so we, uh, we increased this um, to I mean, anything above um, 
a thousand of that point. So then we could tighten that up and get an, a tighter employee um, share, or, uh, tighter share of um, of like the impression share on those enterprise accounts. Um, and so far for Q1, we were able to then increase our engagement rate by 43%. Um, and Growth Plus Pipeline also increased by 26% from, from LinkedIn, which is huge because LinkedIn is like a massive channel for us, like an absolutely massive channel. So um, you can, again, tighten. Again, I think there's, we can all rely on LinkedIn targeting natively a bit more than Facebook. Like, uh, like you say, uh, Facebook obviously to do it natively is, is, is really hard, but I think again using external data um, to you know edit and refine a LinkedIn audiences is like a really good way of getting that that focus that you need. Yeah, so things that we've done have been adding the accounts that our enterprise reps are targeting as and into the campaigns that are enterprise focused. So that's been really important for us. Um, so that we actually know we're definitely targeting those companies. Those companies are seeing our ads. But then also looking at the audience insights, that is your best friend on LinkedIn because you might think, oh yeah, I'm covered. I've got all these companies like within these parameters, within these, this campaign. So surely my ads must be yeah, being shown to them. But when you actually deep dive audience insights, you'll start to see that some of the companies are taking up a massive proportion, over proportion of the budget and um, the campaign impressions versus others. And so you might actually make a decision that you want to start excluding some of those organizations because, um, you know, they might just be too large right now, or it might just not make sense to be spending that much money on like the sales forces of the world, et cetera. Um, so again, like that, that's really, really important. So don't over, like don't underestimate like the deep diving that still needs to be done on the back end as well. Cool. Okay. So next up, Google Ads. Now this is an interesting one because that is an intent, it's an intent channel, right? So we aren't able to, I mean, we tried, we've experimented with that. You can upload like your own list of accounts into Google Ads and you can target based on those. But what you're going to get is like hardly any volume. It's not scalable. Ultimately, that's not a, um, yeah, it's not really a scalable process that you can go after um, and hit your targets on. So how do you actually take an intent-based channel like Google Ads and refine it so that you're getting these better fit, larger organizations um, making up the majority of your pipeline. Uh, again, this has been something that's been spearheaded by Jamback in the pay dog, but I'll let Liam talk through the approach in more detail. Yeah, I suppose it's like how, and I, I found this one really interesting, like how you target that intent uh, or the like the intent behind the intent of what, that you're targeting. Um, so for example, we, we're in a crowded category, we've got loads of competitors and some of those competitors, you know, put themselves towards the lower end of the market uh, for smaller companies um, and other competitors put themselves towards the uh, uh, enterprise end of the market with like teams of the woods would have then larger sales teams that would fit in this growth plus accounts um, that we, that we're looking, that we're looking to reach ourselves. Um, so what we thought was, okay, we know, for example, for us, Zoom Info um, has, you know, is what a company that goes after those enterprise accounts. And Zoom Info also has uh, way, like a ton of demand out there to capture um, uh, for people searching for it. In fact, their search volume in the US is, is actually 50 times greater than ours. So um, there is loads of demand to capture for people looking at Zoom Info. And we know that quite often those are larger companies that say, 
than for competitors that are looking at like Apollo or Lucia. Now, before our campaigns were set up, um, I suppose slightly more broadly as well. So we didn't break down uh, maybe those competitor campaigns into to be able to have control over each specific keyword. So um, we wouldn't be like breaking it down as like into very specifics, like, I don't know, Zoom info pricing, Zoom info uh, reviews and breaking down campaigns in each of those. So we wanted to therefore then use campaign specificity to be able to look at where our spend was going uh, and the conversions that then that created, but also the pipe type of pipeline it created as well. So then we could say, for example, that, you know, uh, Lucia Alternative is creating much more uh, or like Velocity Automate business than, for example, Zoom Info pricing. Uh, and we can move budget around across those campaigns so that we can target the the, the campaigns so that we can bootstrap the campaigns that are creating more of the pipeline that we want to see, regardless of actually how many conversions they're creating. We're very much then focused on that pipeline and the types of pipeline that, that they're creating. So we did this for all of our competitor campaigns and then reduce spend on those campaigns that are generating uh, more of that, that automate pipeline um, and increase spend on those that are creating more of like that um, growth plus accounts pipeline. So, um, and then we could instantly see the sort of that difference and, and which ones were bringing in right or wrong. And we and we were able to, over each quarter um, so far, increase the number of growth plus pipeline that's come out from, from Google Ads. So you can actually control it in some way, which I just think is really cool. Yeah, and I guess the, the, the main thing you need to make sure you've got in place to understand all of this is like you need, all your tracking needs to be in order. Um, if you don't have that all set up properly, then you're not going to have this level of insight and so you're not going to be able to make these optimizations. So if you haven't got that bit sorted, then you are going to be at more of a loss. And obviously it goes back to everything we preach about, which is measuring on pipeline and revenue in terms of success, not in platform metrics is ultimately like, yeah, what we're driving for. So... Moving on from like, I guess we've covered three of the pretty core channels. Um, and then we were also thinking about, we were, we were always experimenting at Cognizant with, with new channels and we were thinking, okay, well, are, are there other ways that we could be speaking to and targeting um, these types of customers that we really want to get in front of that might also make our jobs and lives a little bit easier? Um, and so YouTube was one of those channels that we really wanted to think about and start exploring and seeing if it could be open up like some opportunities for us in relation to this and so that has been a focus at the, over the start of this year and continues to be um and yeah again I will bring in Liam to run through the theory and actually the results that we've seen so far which have all been really positive yeah so I think with YouTube actually it's set up again like uh, an in um an intent-based channel really so uh we obviously went with a similar uh, structure to what we did with Google um, and how we targeted um, like people like advertising there. So like focusing on competitors and uh, searches around um, companies that we know that were like are pushing more to an enterprise audience and we can and get more of those growth plus accounts for us. But what we were also able to do was kind of flip it on its head and turn it into an audience based channel by using again Cognizant's data to upload into a matched audience. So we create a massive audience of all of um, the types of companies that we would like to reach um, uh, and like with the contact data in there as well to be able to 
hit those uh, those people with with our YouTube ads. And we uploaded this into Google and we got a really great match rate on it, actually. So um, it doesn't sound great if you don't know Google, but if you know your Google audience uh, and like know what it's like getting match rates on Google ads, we got like a 15 to 20% match rate, which was huge. And we were able to then target anyone in this matched audience with our ads on YouTube all the time. So no matter what, rather than when they're people, like when you're doing intent basis, if they've searched for, you know, uh, something that you're you're targeting, like, I don't know, um, outbound or Zoom info, we're actually able to target them whenever they're watching anything, whether they've just decided to watch a TV show or not, uh, or a music video. Um, so this was amazing. We were able to hit them all at, at, at those exact um, right times. And then we were able, the other thing that we did, I think which was really key for YouTube is we actually finally, I think, spent time to create specific assets for youtube with videos with important hook with hooks to bring people in um set up to be viewed on youtube and uh set up also if we wanted to target people watching um videos on their tv as well as on their mobile or on their laptop so we really concentrated on the content there and actually as a result we were and it's hard to track from youtube which i think is also key because if someone watches on tv they're unlikely to click if uh you know even someone watches on uh your their laptop or phone they don't always that's rare that they just click through immediately and come through to your website so we actually one of our great ways of measuring it was through self-reported attribution uh, and in the first uh, quarter, we saw a 500% increase in self-reported attribution citing YouTube, but we still even saw a 347% increase in UTM attribution for conversions from YouTube. So, um, and that's amazing. And then our, and actually on the content side, uh, so Refinab say uh, as, uh, their benchmark is set uh, for their watch time per user on their ads is seven seconds, but we were actually, and I think this is down to content and targeting um, from the cognizant data that we were able to get um, an average watch time per user of 22 seconds, which is also great. So people were consuming what we were, were put in front, in front of them. So um, yeah, a great test really. Um, and we're just like kind of expanding it more now. Yeah, amazing. And then this next section, and we're not gonna deep dive this too much because we're actually gonna have, a, I think we've actually done it or we're doing one, a dedicated session all about um, Cognizance SEO money keyword strategy, which has been spearheaded by our partner um, who we work with, Gatano Donardi. But this was um, obviously massive for us because we have a ton of organic traffic that comes to the website. Um, and this is spearheaded by all of the amazing work that our SEO organization does. But one thing that was pretty clear, especially when we started digging into like the grading of the types of um, companies that we were bringing in organically versus paid when we were actually starting to like execute a lot of these initiatives was that we had work to be done on the organic side as well in terms of, um, I guess, better, uh, a better strategy on the types of um, yeah SEO content that we were producing and therefore the types of companies that were consuming it and um yeah coming in to be interested in cognizant so um we wanted to take like a really clear revenue focused intent focused approach to seo um going into 23 and so it was less about volume of traffic and it was much more about quality of traffic um so that's like the high level overview and then again yeah i will hand over to liam to sort of deep dive 
what that looks like in theory and sort of our um, early results, which to be honest, uh, only seem to be going upwards, which is great. Yeah. So yeah, I did a, I actually um, interviewed Katana about this, so that I'm sure that that episode would have been released uh, before this one. So um, definitely check it out to get like a full insight into what um, the money keyword strategy involves. Um, but the, the main theory really is that you focus on keywords uh, based on their intent um, and the traffic that then they bring to the website being high converting traffic over just this usual sort of like SEO strategy of like bringing in traffic overall. So the idea being that it's just better to spend more time on uh, an effort on high intent keywords, regardless of their difficulty, that will drive the right conversions um, for your business, um, rather than go after sort of low, low keyword, low difficulty keywords for like the sake of traffic. Um, so to go through it, then you, we, we had to like identify these keywords and like a good way of doing this is um, we like looking at the conversion rate um, from some of the keywords that we'd been uh, targeting and, and working towards at the, at the time and before. We're looking at like Google ads, which is great because you're normally always targeting on intent in Google ads. So they give you some great ideas of where you should go for and like including your um, competitors as well. Um, and then and then also like the relevancy of that keywords basically to Cognizant and your product. Like it has to um, be uh, super relevant rather than maybe something uh, more top of funnel, maybe high level and ethereal. Um, and then we were like, there's other elements, I suppose, to the the um, strategy in itself, um, rather than just like choosing the right keyword. Uh, you're obviously setting up then the pages that people come to, to actually help convert them. Uh, assuming now that you've targeted them on intent and these people are actually looking for a solution like yours based on the search that they've they've um, they've entered. Um, so that means like, it, we're looking at like the page style, you know, rather than these long listicles that take forever to get to the point that people want to know about is get to the point early, you know, can you deliver that value um, straight up um, and straight away? Um, even if you do the rest of the, the page in the way to get it to rank, but like, how can you actually service uh, the prospect coming through? Um, and then there's like looking at all of the different types of competitors uh, pages that we have, um, whether that's like alternatives or like X versus Y, so like Cognizant versus Info, or then looking at other like strategies like Crash the Party, where you where you go after um, keywords of like your competitors versus each other, and, and you rank um, yourself up in in the mix as well. Um, and then importantly, when it's so difficult, some of the keywords are so difficult um, to go for, and that and they're they're maybe super competitive is like building out this backlink strategy that we can then um, support these pages with to get them to rank um, as high up on the, on that on that first page as possible. Um, but as I say, like SEO takes time, uh, but I feel like we've got off to a great start. Um, we've actually managed to grow our traffic still from uh, 58, 53K to 68K with um, a 50% increase in the traffic coming from uh, money keywords, which is great. Um, and we've also actually had a record number of conversions from the blog as we've been like working to set that up to be better converting with a 13% increase in Q1. So um, I think more and more to come from this really. Amazing. Um, okay, great. And then I think finally we'll sort of wrap things up because I'm um, conscious of our, our time, but we talked at the top of this podcast about 
how we weren't just going to wave goodbye. And I was very keen on this, like to our um, velocity business. And it's sometimes really easy when you're in these sort of board settings and exec settings where people to be like, oh yeah, let's just go up market. Let's, you know, forget about all of this. Um, you know, all the customers actually keep the light on, you know, ultimately, and that have given driven you to amazing growth so far. Like there is a better way. There's just a way in which you have to approach it so that it actually makes economic sense for your business. So I wanted us to understand like, okay, so basically what we're saying is right now, a big factor in CAC, which we can control are things like the cost of sales and retention. So those are two levers that we, there are definitely plays and that marketing can be involved in that can ensure that they get better and they get healthier. And then actually, if we're talking about this, these customers, these velocity customers, the cost of sale being a lot less, um, ultimately, because they have a lower ACV doesn't necessarily need to be a bad thing for us, could still be great business, especially if they're sticking around for longer. Um, and there's definitely things that marketing to do to, to ensure that happens. So um, yeah, on the cost of sales side, I actually gave this project to Liam um, and he took it up and kind of been running with it since. And we're still very much building it out. But there have been ways in which we've been able to optimize both for a better customer experience but also ultimately like less touches in the sales process for these types of customers which is like a win-win um and then on the retention side we've also um launched a few initiatives which we have already started to see to be driving up those retention rates for those customers so again i will hand over to liam to deep dive those a little bit further with the last last bit so the i suppose in reducing uh, cost of sales one of the first things we looked at is whether we can route directly uh, demos that come in um, to AEs. Uh, and this is an experiment we've been running with um, uh, using Chili Piper. And we've seen some like amazing results so far of like massive increased MQL to MA rate and MQL to square rate based on not only, I suppose, is this like getting people who are coming in who uh, want to speak to us to the point that they can purchase faster but it's a better customer experience overall like we want to help get those uh customers that come coming forward want to see the product that are amazing good fits for us we want to make you know have them have an uh, almost an elite service um to to see cognizant and check it out um and we're actually trying to expand this further and further and see how well, we can use like routing like this to intelligently put people in front of an AE as soon as possible um, and give them sort of less hoops to, to jump through. Um, uh, and then also we were looking, I suppose, at after that, like whether we can give those customers that also maybe just want one user license or to come in and purchase um, Cognizant quickly without having to speak to sales, whether they can do that through like a buy now PLG approach. And that's something that we're looking at and um, we'll look at like experimenting too. So that on both ends, you know, if you're a VIP growth account, you get to go straight through to an AE and speak to them ASAP. Uh, and if you're uh, an automate velocity customer, you get to just, you know, try it out Cognizant and purchase it as quickly as possible. And there's, you know, in between no friction in, 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 in checking out Cognizant and, and, and having less um, unnecessary uh, steps in their way to be able to, to do that. And then on the retention side, one of the key points, I think, really to keep, um, as I say, that customers that in the, um, keep the lights on and, and you know want to use the product and um, love it um, is to make pricing that's sensible for them as well. So 
one of the first things we did this year has been to, to modify pricing to keep people make cognizant work and be valuable for them as well rather than um you know just saying that potentially it's not a great fit we you know we can fit for for, for them as well and and figure that out um and then on the attention side i suppose this is a work in progress that um would like aim to do a lot more but it's like to deep dive into more about what causes like automate customers to churn outside of pri- pricing and to create an advanced retention marketing program that you know really uh, helps and focuses on retaining uh, all of the customers that um, that we have and that we and we want to keep as well. So um, yeah, that's kind of kind of it in sum. And I think that's really important because actually the reason, like, why did we look at pricing? Well, when we did a lot of um, and this is the types of data you should be capturing if you're not already a lot of analysis in our CRM about like why are these velocity customers churning from us? Like it was price sensitivity that was like a big factor. Um, and that was something that we knew we could we could do something about um, like more fairly easily. So we've been running a pricing um, experiment for the last like, I think it's like four months now, and we'll continue to run it for another two months worth of data. Um, so far, it looks to not only have been solving a lot of this retention problem, albeit that's going to take longer to fall out, like in terms of like the longer term um, with those that cohort, but also we are winning um customers at a higher rate than we were before as well so um that's making up for sort of the the potential drop in acb that we might be seeing from from a little bit of a um a more i guess effective price point for these customers so definitely worth doing like a pricing and packaging exercise as well when you're looking at these things and that should be done in um coordination with like other parts of the business of course like with sales our ops team um it's one of those projects that we've just been fully aligned on um, and also with product too, um, and it's been like a great a great initiative for us to be to be focused on. Um, so yeah, I think that kind of is us wrapped up when it comes to thinking about like how have we shifted our strategy and approach from twenty two to twenty three. Like it's this year, as I keep saying to my team, and they're probably sick to death of me hearing it. It's all about efficient growth. So it's you know it was a very it was quite a big um change for everyone to sort of get to grips with going into this year and thinking about things from um everything down to like every penny that we spend it wasn't about guess we can spend that money but like where do we spend those dollars best um and that's what we take for every decision now and it's when we what I define by best I mean in terms of the type of customer that that dollar is going to bring in it's we're, we're absolutely focused on acquiring the right types of accounts as well as hitting our revenue number. So we've made our job doubly hard. Um, <laughs> but yeah, again, it's all work in progress. We're building this playbook as we go, like we do at Cognizant. Um, and yeah, we're going to, we're going to continue, we'll continue to share our learnings on both how we're managing to serve those sort of automate velocity type customers better so that they're more profitable for us, but at the same time, bring in those, be- you know, larger, um, better fitting accounts for us as well. And hopefully we can improve retention on both sides, reduce cost of sales and ultimately create a highly efficient engine that's delivering the revenue number month on month as we as we had been before. And then, uh, yeah, we'll be be tough to tough to say no to in any budget discussions or anything else that happens um, if, if we are really successful in driving this forward, which so far everything's looking really positive. Um, so that's all from Liam and I today. So I hope you've enjoyed listening and got, had taken away some insights and um, see you on the next one. Yeah. Thanks, guys. See you later. <laughs>